0: You know, you also see the, the world celebrating, and uh, most of them are not celebrating Jesus. But this morning, what I want to do is I really want to focus in on what this means. You know, there was a time where I used to get frustrated with all the other stuff. But really, the more the Lord shows me about who Jesus is, I just really feel, um, not to be condemning, but I feel sorry for someone who can't see all that Jesus is. And all they're left with is all the stuff the world does. And, and I'm telling you, there's no comparison. When you really understand who Jesus is and what we are celebrating, I mean, it just it captures your heart. Uh, it, it's, it's life-giving. It's life-fulfilling. It's, it's, it's amazing. And so this morning, I really want to look into that. Why did Jesus come when He did? Why was Jesus born as a human upon this earth? Why, why didn't God just say, okay, your, your, your sins are forgiven? Well, part of the reason for that is that God establishes an order. And I want you to know that when God establishes an order, He always works through that order. And you need to understand that. If you're going to understand some of the ways of God and the things that He's doing in your life and uh, you know maybe why He's answering a prayer, the way He's answering it, and maybe not the way that you're wanting Him to answer it, Part of the reason can be is that God has established an order. Now, when I say that, I'm not referring to what we sometimes understand as order. Because what we understand as order sometimes is what we call, you know, our uh, scientific evidence. And, you know, when, it, when you boil it down, science for us is just observations that we record. That's it. Observations that we record. Well, the thing is, we've only been able to observe so much because we've only been around for so long, right? I mean, we have people who came before us and they recorded certain things, but even that, it's not that long. So, you know, when you're looking at something and let's say you observe something a hundred times and let's say it happens the same way a hundred times, is that the only way that it can happen? No! For all we know, the 101th time, something different happens. Or maybe it's the thousandth time. We don't know. So that's not what I'm referring to. But I am referring to a certain way that God has established things. For instance, you go back to the Garden of Eden, and uh, God you know, made it. He said, don't eat of this tree. If you eat of this tree, you're going to die. <laughs> Guess what? It happened. It happened our ancestors ate of that tree and not only did they die, but we inherited something from that. Now, the good news is, is that God loves you and He has prepared a way to rescue you. But there was a certain way He had to do it. He couldn't just say, oh, just kidding, forget about that. What He had to do is in order to pay that price for that sin, that consequence, it had to be A human. It had to be a human. And Jesus, therefore, had to become human. Now, but in order for Him to walk perfectly, guess what? None of us are able to do it. So He also had to be fully God. And so that's why we have Jesus. And that's why Jesus comes as a baby. He doesn't just come as an adult. Okay, I'm here. It's Monday. Friday, I'm going to go to the cross for you. No, He came as a baby. He went through everything that we go through because it was also important that He be fully human. Now, why didn't He come earlier on? Why did He wait? I mean, when you think about the people who lived before the time of Jesus, do you know how blessed you are to be living after the time that Jesus has paid for our sins? And because of that, you are able to have the Holy Spirit living in you. You are unbelievably blessed, but, but you don't know it. But you know what? Part of the way to know that you are unbelievably blessed is to understand the past. I'm not going to mention any names, but we were driving home from a Thanksgiving thing recently. It was a long drive, and one of my kids, not mentioning names, they're like, oh! I've been playing this game for so long, I don't have any new games. Uh, I don't have any more downloaded shows that I can watch. What am I supposed to do? I'm like, are you kidding me? When I was your age, I didn't have a nice minivan with leather seats that recline and all that. I sat in a bench seat in between my brothers. and My head was in his stinky armpit. And I didn't have anything to play with. You played I Spy, or you punched one another for entertainment, right? I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, I'm sitting up there like, oh, you have no idea. Well, part of understanding how blessed we are is to understand what it is to not have. And part of what God was doing before the time of Jesus, what we're going to find out in the Scripture that we're going to go to, is He was allowing us to see what it is to live without the Holy Spirit. Because we can have it in our minds that if you tell us the right thing to do, that's all we need. Let me tell you, it is not. I can tell you the right thing that you need to do, and you have this thing inside of you called flesh, and I don't care how righteous you think you are, you have this thing inside of you called flesh, and it loves sin. It loves to do anything that is the opposite of what God said. And you may pretend it's otherwise, and you may have some other people fooled, but I know, because the Scripture tells me, and I've never seen evidence otherwise, okay? And so part of what God was doing before the time of Jesus is, was preparing our hearts. And part of what we're going to get into today is, that's what God's doing with us right now. That's why God doesn't always answer your prayers the way you want Him to in the timing that you want Him to. Because you've got to understand, timing is really important. Preparation is really important. I was talking with somebody recently, and we were talking about younger teams uh, in a sport. And we were talking about how when you have younger teams... It's, there are ways to win at that level. There are ways to just go out and win. But sometimes those ways will cut the kids off short for what they could do on down the line. Because you're not establishing a base. Think about it this way, building a house. There are ways to build a pretty house quickly that will not last. When you look at something that is beautiful and that has been there a long time, guess what? There was a lot of sacrifice and a lot of time that went in to create something. So, When you see someone at an advanced level, whether it's a team or or whether it's somebody who's able to create music and and they're not a one-hit wonder, they like go a long period of time, you need to know there is a huge foundation down here that created what happened and allowed it to sustain for a long time. That's what God is doing in your life right now. This place that we live is really temporary. It actually is. I just did another funeral service yesterday, was reminded of it. You know, someone not much older than me, they weren't expected to die, and boom, they're gone. This life is really short. But here's the deal. This is preparation. This is preparation. Uh, One of my kids asked recently, what are we going to do if we get to heaven and somebody eats of the fruit again? This is preparation, okay? So that when we get there, we can remain there. But it's important that we be prepared here. And so part of the way that we're being prepared here is we have to go through trials and we have to go through temptations and it all has a purpose. And I know it's not fun and and if you're like me, you're praying sometimes, God, just take it away. Just take it away right now. And God's like, son, daughter, I love you too much. This is part of your preparation. And so when we look at Jesus, the reason He didn't just come suddenly is because God had a plan. He was doing something, and He's still doing something. Why hasn't God, Jesus, returned yet? Because He's doing something, and we're in the middle of it. And it's so important that we keep our eyes on Him, and we have Him directing our lives. We don't want to waste our time here. If you are wasting your time just trying to make money or have experiences, you are wasting it. There is so much more. You don't have to worry about those things. If you're following God, God is going to take care of those things. You keep your eye on Him and you allow Him to lead you. We're going to be in the book of Galatians this morning. It's going to be talking um, about the coming of Jesus. It's going to be talking about His birth and, and what that means Um, But before we really get into chapter 4, which is the text, I'm going to flip back to chapter 3. And I want to read just a couple verses back here to set the stage for what we're going to get into in chapter 4, where it talks about the coming and the birth of Jesus. Because you need to understand this. This is why this is so exciting. This is why we're celebrating every year the coming of Jesus. It's huge. So in chapter 3, I want to read verse 19. And then I'm going to flip down. I'm going to read another verse. Uh, I'm going to read 24 after that. But first, I'm going to read verse 19. It says, Why then was the law given? It was given alongside the promise to show people their sins. But the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. God gave his law through angels to Moses, who was the mediator between God and the people. Flip down to verse 24. He's going to put it another way. He says, let me put it another way. That's how I knew he was going to put it another way. He says, the law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. And now that the way of faith has come, we no longer need the law as our guardian. Here's what this is referring to. Before the law came, the law came through Moses. Before the law came, God gave a promise. He gave a promise to Abraham. That's where it was. He gave this promise, okay, and the promise was conditional upon him, but the promise was based on the seed from Abraham, which the Scripture teaches is Jesus. It's all about Jesus. But Jesus wasn't coming yet. Why? Because there was preparation to do beforehand to prepare so that when Jesus came, he would accomplish all that God wanted him to. So what did he do? He put a guardian in place until it was time. Who was the guardian? The guardian was the law. Okay, So the law comes in, here's the right things to do. You don't be doing these things. And also you need to be doing these ceremony things. And all of it was a guardian, but it really didn't take care of our sin. And it really didn't take care of the the problem of the sinful nature because we're still all battling that and we don't have the Holy Spirit to surrender to and rely upon. Why is he doing that? Because he's showing the condition of our hearts so that when we receive Jesus, we're like, yes, this is awesome. You see, if you put me in the back of the minivan with the nice recliner seats and give me a device, I'm going to be like, this is awesome. And if it breaks, I'm going to be like, oh, well, I lived for years without it. I'm going to enjoy it. Why? Because I knew what it was like without it, right? Well, that's part of what God's doing. I mean, God's done that in so many ways in my life. I've talked about this before, but again, just just to throw this out there. You know, I really enjoy the farm I have. I I love the farm. I am so glad that God didn't give it to me earlier. But I was really mad about it for a long time. Because I'm like, this is my heart. This is what I want. What are you doing, God? Do you not like me? here's why he didn't do it. If he had done it early on, I would have made an idol of it. I would have been focused on it. I would have been trying to buy up all of your land to add to my farm because that would have been my focus. And the focus would not have been the Lord. And here's the crazy thing, I would have been miserable because I would have been serving that thing. And I would have been mad all the time because it never is going to go the way that I want it to. But now it's a blessing when I put it in the right perspective. And I just understand, okay, that's A blessing. I'm not there. That's not my thing. My thing is the Lord, and I'm going to follow Him. Now, do I always do that perfectly? No. John and I were working cattle the other day, and I got really mad, and I said some things I would be really embarrassed for you to know about. So we're not going to talk about that. I threw a tantrum like a two-year-old. It happens. Okay. So don't get the idea that I'm perfect. But at the same time, what God is doing is He's molding me so that it doesn't completely take me off course. That's what God was doing. That's why God didn't have Jesus come in suddenly. That's also what God's doing in your life right now. There are things in your heart. uh, You know, Nikki had talked about questions that we want answered. There are things in your heart where you're asking God, God, why are you not doing this? God, why are you doing this? I don't know all the answers to that, but I'm here to tell you there's a reason. There's a reason for it. You know, uh, for those of you who watched our football team this last season, it was really fun and exciting, and it was just awesome to be a part of. But I want you to know there were years before that where I was praying those prayers that I just mentioned. God, why aren't you doing this? Why are you? I, God, I'm going to have to take this into my own hands. I'm going to have to, and I was so mad and all that. And then now I'm like, God, you knew what you were doing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, you did that. Thank you, you did that. There's go- If you stick with the Lord and you don't reject Him, there's going to be a time where you thank Him. And you say, God, I'm grateful for that struggle. Because if it had not been, I would not have reached out for you the way I did. If it had not been for the law, if Jesus had just come, we'd be walking around like... I don't even hardly need Jesus. I got this all under control. You just tell me what to do and I'll do it. But now we know. And we still know. Even those of us with the Spirit, you know, we've been talking about the last couple weeks, the struggle with, with the sinful nature. You may be asking yourself, why? It's preparation so that you know how much you need the Lord. You need Jesus. You need the spirit within you. You need it like moment by moment. You need him all the time, right? That's why he allows us to struggle. So that's what this was about. Okay, let's flip over now and let's go into chapter four um, where he's going to talk more about this. He says, think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance to his young children... Those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up. Even though they actually own everything their father had. They had to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. And that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of the world. Okay, I want to unpack that a little bit. So just to restate what that's saying. It's saying, imagine there's a father, okay? So so you're a son or daughter, and imagine that your father is rich. He's just absolutely rich, but he dies. He dies while you're young. He's no longer there. All of what he had goes to you. But you know, you're eight years old. I don't know, whatever. You can't handle all that. You'll go spend it on Tonka trucks or Barbies or something, right? I mean, just imagine, that would be nuts. So they're not gonna give you control of it even though it's all in your name. So he's gonna set, you know, an age limit. Maybe it's 18. If he loves you, it's gonna be like 30 or 40 because you still can't handle it at 18. I don't know if I can handle it at, you know, whatever age I'm at, okay? If they're loving, they're, they're going to wait till you can handle it. So in the meantime, it's yours, but it's like you don't have it, right? Listen, if you are a follower of Jesus, heaven is yours. It's like you're in heaven right now. It's like you're seated with Jesus right now. And I know it doesn't feel like it because you're down here and you're dealing with all the junk I get it. But this is what Christmas is about. Christmas is also a reminder that He's coming. And when He comes, that's it. So stop living like you're not in heaven. Stop living like you're a part of this world. You are in heaven. It's yours. And I know you don't get to use all of it. You know, it's yeah, Corinthians talks about how, you know, right now it's like we're looking in a mirror and we don't get to see him fully. But, but I'm telling you, it's yours. If you live like it, you're gonna experience more of it. But, but, but you gotta keep your eyes on him. You know, when Jesus came, there were those who were overjoyed because they were looking. They were looking. You had those who were looking into the stars, right? And they're following a star, and they get to go see Jesus. There are others that are not looking. They're not looking. He's right in front of them. They can't even see Him. They don't receive all that He has, even though He's right there. There are people around you right now. Some of them are related to you. Some of them are close to you. They don't see it. Isn't that killer? If you know Jesus and you were at some family gatherings, that kills me when I see that. Because I love my family. But some of them are standing right next to me and they cannot see it. I can't change that. But you know what I can do? I can keep my eyes on Jesus. And if I keep my eyes on Jesus, it's not, not me doing stuff. He will do stuff in me. And it will be reflected, and at least I did all that I could do. I reflected Jesus for them. He was right there. But we've got to have that mindset. If you get distracted again with this worldly stuff, and again, it's just—it's so discouraging. Christmas is so powerful. But if you make it about the world stuff, it stinks. It's like discouraging. Um, You never do enough for people. You're always trying to make everything perfect. Your expectations are always let down. It's awful. You just want to get through it and get to January so you can relax. When you understand it's about Jesus, it's like, whew. This is the promise fulfilled and it's still coming. It's a reminder that God fulfills His promises. He's coming and it's worth celebrating. And all of a sudden, you don't care if the angel on the top of the tree is a little bit crooked and your tree's a little scrawny. Who cares? You're focused on the promise of what it's all about. Verse 4. But when the right time came, when the right time came, if you jump before the right time, if you pull that dish out of the oven before it's cooked, it's nasty. It's not worth it. And you're getting mad at God. You're like, God, I I see it. Let me pull it out. It would be awful. It's, It's not there trust God. He has your best in mind. He not only wants to bless you, he wants that blessing to continue. Again, go back to the children and the father. Imagine the father gives them their inheritance before they're ready. What are they going to do with it? What are the people who win the lottery do? They blow it. They absolutely blow it. I'm not mentioning any names. I'm working a case right now. These people didn't have squat. They suddenly came into tons of money. They are spending it like I don't know what. And all of a sudden it's gone. And now you know what they're doing? They're fighting over it. They're blaming each other. So they've come to me and now I got to investigate the stupid thing. And they were blessed unbelievably, but they could not handle it. They couldn't handle it. All of us are that way. There are things we can handle, there are things that we can't handle. God knows. Trust Him, okay? So if you're looking at something and you're feeling like, man, I, I, I want that, I desire that, why would God put that in my heart and not give it to me? Trust Him. Trust Him. God, what are you doing in me? God is good. He wants to bless you. I've seen it in my life over and over. He has blessed me unbelievably, but but I've had to watch it over the years. I've prayed for things, and God, He didn't answer at that time. He had to wait, and, and now I look, and I'm like, I see it. I see it, God. I'm so grateful you waited, because if you hadn't waited, I wouldn't have it now. I would have wasted it. It would have been gone I would have just been, oh, that's nice, and I'd look at the next pretty thing, right? I wouldn't have a heart of gratitude. I wouldn't be able to hold on to it, and I would lose it all. So that's why verse 4 says, when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom from us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Now the thing is, is that you uh, are not going to say, God, I want to be adopted if you don't think you need it. If you think you're full and you got everything and you got this under control, you're not going to be like, God, adopt me. Why do people not receive Jesus? It's a free gift. Why would you not do it? Because I don't need him. I, I want to be in control. I want to. Uh, that's why people don't receive. And so some of those people that you're praying for right now. And you're like, I just don't understand. And you just want to give up. I'm not saying that they're going to come to him. Because maybe they won't. But you know what? Maybe it's not the right time yet. Maybe they're still learning that they need him. So don't give up. Don't give up. When, when, you, you know, I, I, I've told my wife this. I know this sounds morbid, but I love preaching funerals. I don't like death, okay, but I love preaching funerals. And one of the reasons is, is because you draw people in who don't normally listen to the message. And you have a chance, and you could say to yourself, well, there ain't no way. It's not going to do anything. They've been rejecting him all of their life. Yeah? And maybe God's been using it all to prepare them for that moment, don't give up. Keep praying. You know, when you get together, don't beat your relatives over the head with a Bible. But you know what? Just, just share. Keep, keep sharing. Because you don't know. You don't know what God's doing in their life. And you don't know what role you, that, that, that you play. God sent Him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And then verse 6. And because we are his children, God has sent his spirit, has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father, now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you we were talking a little bit about heaven uh, this morning in Sunday school. And it's so, it's so hard to imagine because this is all we have. And one of the things we were talking about is how sometimes people try to make heaven into just an extension of this. And what I mean by that is they try to take the good things they have and, and place that in heaven. But you know what? Heaven, from what we can see, is so far beyond this. We just really have no connection to to. Grab it to. We certainly know that the good things of this life are going to be there. Um, for those who follow Him, they're going to be there. What, what kind of form are we going to have? We, we don't know. The scripture we were looking at says we're going to be angel-like. It's not that we're angels. We're not. But we're going to be angel-like. What's that mean exactly? We don't know. It says we're not going to be given in marriage. All right, So we're not going to have relationships like we do it's going to be different we also find out that you know the bad things of the earth are going to be destroyed but then it's going to be recreated and Jesus is coming here we're going to be right here what are we going to be doing I don't know exactly but I know we're not going to be floating around on clouds like some people talk about no, we're going to be right here we're going to be doing stuff what's it going to be like exactly I don't know but it's going to be amazing and as the scripture says, you are an heir to that. Let's act like it. Let's act like we are heirs of heaven. How does an heir of heaven act? Arrogant? Push people down? Well, is that what you see in Jesus? No, no, no. Jesus reached out to the lowly, Jesus reached out to the people, and he showed the children, you know, in a culture where the children are like, you know, go hide somewhere. No, he was like, bring him to me. He was reaching them out. In, in a culture where those who had illness and so on were shoved to the side, don't pay attention to them. He went over to them. He's, he's touching them, you know, the thing that they desire. All of those things. That's what an heir of heaven does. And that's who we are. But sometimes we get distracted. I'm not saying that to beat us down. We just do. Let's not do that. Okay. let's not only and it's not just about this season, it's about all of our life. Let's focus on Jesus, not because oh that's what you need to do and quit doing this other bad stuff. No, because it's amazing and it's way better than the other stuff. And as you do it, it's going to change your life. And as you go along this life, don't be getting mad. God's preparing you because you are an heir of heaven. What's the weight that you're going to carry in heaven? I don't know, but it's unbelievable what you're going to be doing and what you're going to be carrying. And God's preparing your heart. And so part of the way He's preparing your heart is you're going through these struggles and you're having to cut out things. You're having to rely on Him in ways that, you know, this person over here that doesn't even follow Jesus isn't having to do. And you're like, God, why not? That's not fair. They're not an heir of heaven. This is all they got. Let them live it. share Jesus with them but you know quit whining you're being prepared to inherit something beyond this earth you're being prepared to inherit the earth but in a far greater way allow God to do his thing in you it's real this isn't a joke it's real he's doing something in you continue on the course take the steps that he's asking you to take it's really important don't 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 get distracted with the little things Here, it's really important. Father, thank you that we are heirs for those who have received you, Jesus.